Hello and welcome. Thank you for downloading this week's Sermon and Prayers of Intercession from the English Reformed Church Amsterdam. We hope you will enjoy what you are about to hear and that you will be blessed. Let's pray. Come, living God, and feed us on your word, and so nourish our souls. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is unlikely to have escaped your notice that last Thursday, October the 31st, was Halloween, with all the shenanigans that goes with that. What might have escaped your notice, however, was that last Thursday was also Reformation Day, an important day for our Protestant heritage. On October the 31st, 1517, a German monk by the name of Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the door of a church in Wittenberg, knowing that there would be a good crowd there the following day, being All Saints Day. Well, in so doing, Martin Luther kick-started what we know of as the Reformation, and in so doing, changed the world. Well, our text this morning, the story of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, is a great text to follow Reformation Day. Indeed, you could go to town using this story to explain what happened in the Reformation. Martin Luther's concern, after all, was that people were like Zacchaeus in that they were being prevented from getting near Jesus. In their case, they were being obstructed by the Roman church of the time, which was making Jesus inaccessible. It had erected barriers that prevented access to God's Word, the Bible, its priestly hierarchy with its monopoly and its mechanisms for absolving people of their sins, had succeeded in distancing people from God. And the free, reconciling grace of God in Christ had been lost. And hence Luther's great cry, how can I get me a gracious God? And the Reformation's great reply was that salvation was through the grace of Christ alone, received through faith and resulting in a transformed life. And that could be said to be pretty much the story of Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus. Consider it. Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, and now he enters Jericho, which in Jesus' day was the equivalent of Jerusalem's stockbroker belt a green and fertile oasis in the desert. King Herod had a winter palace there, and doubtless many Jerusalem fat cats had their weekend residences there. And Zacchaeus was one of those. Not just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector, and described as very rich. Rich, but of course, despised. For not only were tax collectors lackeys for the occupying imperial forces of Rome, they were also notoriously corrupt, 
creaming off extra tax margins for themselves. They were collaborators and they were corrupt collaborators to boot. But then along comes Jesus. Along comes grace on legs, grace with a human face, someone who prizes Zacchaeus despite who he is. Jesus enters his sinful, cheating life. Jesus enters his home. He sits down at table with him, and Zacchaeus is changed. He repents of his cheating ways, resolved to turn his life around. There, in a nutshell, is the gospel that was rediscovered at the Reformation. As Zacchaeus meets the grace of God embodied in Jesus, freely forgiving and accepting him exactly as he is, and then prompting him to change and bear the fruits of repentance. Now, I am so glad that this story is in the Gospels, and I'll tell you why. You see, one of the great themes that runs through the Gospels, and not least Luke's Gospel, is Jesus' acceptance of the poor, the marginalized society's offcuts. These are people who are on the margins, people who are crushed by the system, the religious system, the taxation system, the social system which has excluded them and in which they have no investment whatsoever. And we like Jesus' focus on the poor, the deprived, the put down. We like this Jesus who is their advocate. But now along comes Zacchaeus, and he is not one of them. Far from it. He is part of the system that grinds them down. He is a cog in that ruthless, crushing machine. And the problem is that even when Zacchaeus stops his cheating ways and resolves to change and to stop swindling people, that does not stop him from being an oppressor. Yes, Zacchaeus may have stopped adding his own grubby surplus to the taxes he collected, but even what he collected justly even what he took only officially, was still part of an oppressive system. His fair taxes still funded an occupying army with all its imperial adventures. His legally gotten gain still bankrolled the privileges of the elite with their holiday homes in Jericho. Even a just tax collector is still a pawn in an unjust game. So Zacchaeus, you see, is trapped in the system. And yet I would maintain that nevertheless he did subvert and undermine that system, not by his newfound honesty, but by something else. 
namely the generous and the extreme response that he made to Christ's grace. Zacchaeus, we are told, was little, but his response to Jesus was large, as he promises to repay anyone who he has defrauded four times over. Now, that goes way beyond what God's law required. It goes way beyond what justice required. This is extreme. There is an open-handedness here, a generosity, an excess that goes far beyond what might be strictly required. And the system cannot handle that. The system doesn't work this way. It doesn't talk this language. The system is lean and mean, and it is fractured and subverted by this extravagant, irresponsible gesture that Zacchaeus makes. And that brings us to our place in this story. If we are honest, many of us here, most of us, are much closer to Zacchaeus than to the poor and the outcast. We, you, and I are part of the system whether we like it or not. Our lives are woven into an economic and social political empire that bends the world to its will and that plays havoc with justice. Every indication today is that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and our lifestyles are contributing to environmental catastrophe. We are woven into the system inextricably, and it is so difficult to disinvest from it. Even when, like Zacchaeus, we try to live with honesty and integrity, we are still cogs in a machine that keeps a self-destructive world divided and unequal. Yet nevertheless, we can take heart this morning from Zacchaeus, and we can learn from him. Zacchaeus subverted the system, not by living with honesty and integrity, important though that was, but by a generous and an extravagant gesture that went far beyond what was reasonably expected of him. He met Jesus' generous grace towards him with an excessive response. And there are any number of ways that we can express this kind of excess, this generosity of spirit, in our personal relations, and in our giving, and in our stewarding of our resources. And as Jesus met Zacchaeus over a meal, prompting Zacchaeus to change, so today he meets us at this table, summoning us to an extravagant and an excessive response. Just a few verses before this passage, 
In the previous chapter, Jesus makes his famous observation that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. The Welsh poet R.S. Thomas has a beautiful poem which includes the line, Maybe I will slip through the eye of the needle on which the saved are threaded. Maybe I will slip through the eye of the needle in which the saved are threaded. Zacchaeus slipped through the eye of the needle not because he was small, but because he made a large and generous response to God's grace in Jesus, thus defying the system. In imitating Zacchaeus, maybe we may slip through as well. Amen. We bring now our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, on Thursday we celebrated Reformation Day. Please bless your church and its leaders. Grant them wisdom that grant them wisdom, and may all that is done in your name bring glory to you. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom to worship you in safety, and we pray your blessing on people who are persecuted for their faith. Last Friday was All Saints Day, with many people around the world spending the day honoring the dead and paying their respects to dear departed loved ones. Lord of love, bless those who grieve. May their grief be replaced with the reassurance of your care. We pray for people we know who are ill and ask your special blessing on two members of our congregation who are facing operations this week. Thank you for doctors, nurses, and medical staff who work so hard to take care of our physical and psychological needs. Grant them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Today we pray especially for Melanji Mission Hospital, the amazing work that is done there to improve the lives of the poorest of the poor. Bless especially the medical director Ari and his wife Lizanne in their new home so far away. Heavenly Father, we see the lovely autumn colors. We feel the days getting colder, the rain and wind on our faces, and are reminded of your incredible generosity. You have given us so much. May we all strive to be generous like Zacchaeus. And may we be beacons of your forgiving love shining in the world. Amen. Amen.